folks to deal with this situation over the next few weeks. For this morning, it will only be the Craig Thompson Show. We pray, actually, that it will be far more that Jesus would fill this place with his Holy Spirit, whether you are at home or uh, for the few that are here. But for this morning, as we try and figure out exactly what this new normal looks like for a few weeks, we'll not be involving anyone else in the service. Next week, we may do something a little bit different. But this morning, again, thank you so much. I want to begin with a time of prayer specifically for those who are affected by this global pandemic. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want you to know that as your church, we are working to provide adequate ministry. I want to remind you that all services and events are canceled at our church building from today until Sunday, March 29th, when we hope that we will once again be able to gather for worship. Until that time, we will work to check on you all and to, do, and to provide you with resources to grow spiritually during this time of forced isolation and Sabbath. Parents, in particular, please remember that your children's spiritual growth need not be hampered by these days. Deuteronomy 6 gives you the primary responsibility to train your children in godliness and to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Logistically, here at the church, our office hours will be altered. At this point, I do not know what they will be. I would urge you that if you have needs to be in the building, to call ahead to see if someone will be here. In addition to all the other things going on, we, just like y'all, are having to figure out what we're going to do about child care and everything else. The staff and deacons can be reached through email or by their mobile phones. So send texts, emails, phone calls. I promise we want to hear from you. If you have a need, please communicate that with us. We want to know those things. We want to pray for you. We want to minister to you in any way possible. The way that we minister here at Malvern Hill has not changed. Your life groups, your deacons, and your pastors are here for you. Our life groups will continue to be the primary place that we communicate and minister, and we'll work that all the way up the chain. Um, <clears throat> please also remember, and even though I hate to say it, I want to say it, and I think it's important. Please remember that during these days, the bills of the church still have to be paid. The ministry needs of this on the back end of this crisis may actually exceed anything that we know for certain. Just because we do not gather does not mean that we do not need your funds to continue the ministry of our church. We depend on your tithes and offerings. Um, you can give online by going to our website and clicking on the donate link. You can also text to give by texting. I'm going to give you the number. I believe it's going to be on the screen. Again, we're still trying to figure all this out, but we feel pretty technologically advanced right now and we can throw all these things up for you. But you can text to give by texting 803-274-5550. Again, I hate to mention that to you, but I want you to know that the ministry needs of Malvern Hill here and around the world depend on your tithes and offerings. And if we don't meet this Sunday and next Sunday, or if we don't meet for the next four weeks, what I need you to understand is that we continue to need your financial gifts. Having said that, today has been declared a day of prayer in the Southern Baptist Convention across our nation and right here in our own community. We're praying specifically for this pandemic. We're asking all Southern Baptists to join with us. And of course, in our community, we've asked all churches to join as well. 
please join with me right now as we go to the Lord. God, we come to you asking that you have mercy and stop this pandemic and save lives. God, we pray for Camden, South Carolina. God, we pray for our state, our nation, and our world. Father, we face an enemy that we cannot see and for which we are ill-prepared to fight. But God, we acknowledge that your hand is not shortened so that it cannot save, or your ear dull that you cannot hear, Lord. Our iniquities have made a separation between us and you, and yet, Father God, you still save. We pray, Lord God, that you would have mercy. We pray also, Father, for our president and other government leaders. We pray for President Donald Trump. We pray for international leaders, federal leaders, state leaders, and local leaders. We pray, Lord God, that you would give them wisdom to direct us in the best course of action for prevention and care. Father, I pray that you would also give us confidence to trust your word in Romans 13, that we would be subject to the governing authorities, that we would trust, Lord God, that they come from you, that, Father God, that they have been instituted by you, that, Father, we would work in all due diligence to be obedient to their expectations. Father God, that we would also seek to love our neighbor well by doing all we can to stop and impede the spread of this disease. Father God, Scripture teaches us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Father, I pray that you will give us wisdom in this moment of fear as the foundations that we know are shaken. Father, I pray that we would respond not with fear but with faith. I pray that others would recognize and realize just how fragile life is and how real eternity is. That, Father God, they would see their need and turn to you. Father God, I pray that this would bring about revival as we recognize our own finitude and our failures, our weaknesses, Father God, and the incredible power of the God of all, of all the universe. Father, I also ask that you would protect our missionaries and their families here and around the globe. Father, here at Malvern Hill Baptist Church, we know that we have some that we love so dearly that are spending their lives abroad. Father, I pray that you would use this global crisis to advance your good news in those places. And yet, Father God, I also pray for our International Mission Board missionaries in particular and Luke and Patty Talbert and their children. Father, I pray that you would protect them, Lord God. But yet, yet Father, as we pray for their protection, I pray, Lord God, that even though the, the spread of this virus may be stopped, we pray the spread of your gospel would never be slowed. Father, we trust that as you promised, the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church. We pray, Lord God, that the gospel would go out in all the world and that all the world would be saved. Finally, God, I pray for our medical personnel. While the rest of the world is distancing themselves from this disease, medical personnel are running toward it. God, I pray for doctors and nurses on the front lines. Protect them from this novel coronavirus and all the other illnesses that spread across our world. Father, from HIV to Ebola and seasonal flu, healthcare workers across the globe are risking their own health to try and improve the health of others. God, I pray that you would protect them and give them courage in the days ahead. And Father, we pray this prayer today, not in our strength. Father, we pray this prayer in the powerful name of Jesus who can save from pestilence, plague, and poverty. We pray in the name of Jesus who brings hope to the hurting, sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, and the dead to life. We pray in the name of Jesus who has overcome death, hell, sin, and the grave. And we trust in Him and Him alone. Amen. Again, thank you so much for being with us this morning. These are 
unique days. And I want to say unique because the reality is that for many of us, they're not hard days. The vast majority of us will not contract this disease, um, and yet our lives are going to be altered uh, significantly. And we don't know for how long. This week, I want you to know that we're going to try to equip you with resources through email and our website. Over the next several weeks, I'll be putting out resources at my my blog at uh, craigthompson.org. Just last week, I even published a podcast on how Christians should respond during times of illness. You can find that on my website or on iTunes by searching for the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Here at your church, we will be sending out sermon study guides uh, through PDF. We will be doing all we can to keep you connected. We will make sure that we update you as often as we can with specific prayer needs as they are made available. Um, I, I also just want to remind you that even though you feel alone right now, you're not. You may be isolated, but you are not alone. We're all in this together. Uh, and the church of God is the church of God today, whether we're able to gather or not. We still have an opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in all the places where we are. All right. Having done all of those things and having trusted in the power of God to go ahead of us and to be in the midst of us, I want to begin this morning by reading. <laughs> begin. We're 15 minutes in and I'm beginning. I warned some of you online last night that this may be a long message. I mean, y'all are at home with snacks and coffee, most of you in your pajamas. So if we go two hours, you won't even care. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 14, beginning in verse 51. Believe it or not, God in His providence has allowed that, even though we have been in the book of Mark for quite some time, the passage of Scripture that He had laid out for us today really fits very well with what it is that is going on in our world. I'm going to read to you. We normally stand here in our sanctuary. If you're at home and you want to stand for the reading of God's Word, you're welcome to, but nobody's watching, so nobody will know. Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 51, says, And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Let me pray one more time. Father God, I pray that this Word would be alive and real to us this morning. That, Father God, whether we are present here in this building or that, Lord God, we are present in spirit um, in a a home somewhere else, I pray, Lord God, that you would connect us all through the power of Jesus, that, Father God, this would be a wonderful moment. Father, even for those who will see this sermon recorded later, I pray that it would be powerful in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, just to set the scene a little bit, this is on the night of Jesus' betrayal. Everyone else has left by this point. Judas has betrayed. Peter tried to defend for a moment, cutting off a a servant's ear. Jesus put all the things back together again, and Jesus' disciples ran out on him. And then we've got this young man who's following Jesus from afar. Now, we don't know for sure who this young man is, okay? Uh, We believe, when I say we, I believe, and many scholars believe that this young man is actually Mark, the author of this book. Uh, That same Mark, John Mark, who is going to be referenced several times in the book of Acts, That young man who would become not only a follower of Jesus, but a disciple of Jesus and a missionary for Jesus. Um, But what I want us to know this morning is that regardless of the identity of this young man, in many ways this young man is all of us. In many ways we've all been Mark. We've all run from Jesus and into our sin and into our shame. All of us at one point or another have run from Jesus when danger lurked. But I want you to know that naked and alone in the dark doesn't have to be your future. The theme of darkness and lights runs throughout the Bible. Darkness represents loneliness, 
isolation, sin, and destruction. Light represents the movement of God. The Bible begins with darkness, but over that darkness hovered the Spirit of God who announced light. In the darkness, Jesus was arrested during his crucifixion. Darkness covered the earth. But the Bible says that Jesus himself is light. This morning, I want to wrestle with the question of where is it that Jesus is in dark days? Where is Jesus in dark days? First thing I want us to see this morning is that we need to be aware of the dark. As I just said, the theme of darkness runs throughout the Bible. The Bible begins in darkness. In the darkness, Jesus was arrested during his crucifixion. Friction, darkness covered the earth. The dark is a scary place. How well we know that right now. The darkness for most of us is not the darkness of a disease, but the darkness of the unknown future. Most of us will not contract COVID-19, but all of us are dealing with this outbreak. Even for those who will not encounter the worst aspects of this disease, many of you are concerned, if not for yourself, for parents or grandparents, for loved ones who may be affected. Folks, we need to be aware of the dark. In the darkness, we can find ourselves isolated and alone. During these times of trouble, even as public worship services are canceled, the people of God are deprived of one of their greatest resources, one of their greatest safety nets, the gathered community of saints. Beware of the dark. During these dark days, we can lose sight of Jesus. I want you to remember that the darkness is not only the present darkness, but the dark places where you can place yourself. Right? We all know the darkness surrounding us today, but some of you can look back and remember the darkness of the dark memories from your past. Sin thrives in dark places. Beware of the dark, for in the dark, even the children of God are in danger. This young man in Mark's gospel, if it is Mark himself, this young man found himself in the dark, and there in the darkness, he quickly lost sight of Jesus. When the trial and the temptation came, rather than run toward Christ where he might find safety and security, he ran away, hoping to find safety and security in his own devices and his own ability. Sin thrives in these dark places. Christian, beware of the dark. Non-Christian, beware of the dark. Because in the darkness there is danger. But just as we need to be aware of the dark, I want you to know that you can find a way out. The young man in Mark's gospel found himself unprepared for the situation at hand. But you don't have to be. The dark is scary. But remember, naked and alone in the dark doesn't have to be your future. What is your dark place today? What is it? For many of you, the dark place is the fear of global pandemic. Can I share with you some words of hope and encouragement from Isaiah 43? Here's what God's Word says. Let me, let me just turn there so you can see that this is coming straight from my Bible. If you're at home, you may want to turn there, especially if you're wrestling with fear today. This is what the Bible says. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Keep reading in verse 4. He says, you are precious in my eyes and honored 
and I love you. I give men in exchange or men in return for you. Who is the man that God has given in return for us? Himself, Jesus Christ, was given on the cross of Calvary so that we might be saved from sin. Are you fearful in these days? Are you concerned in these days? Don't fear. God loves you and He hasn't forgotten you. What is your dark place? Maybe your dark place is fear of global pandemic, but maybe your dark place is a place of temptation. Maybe your dark place today is not global pandemic at all. Maybe your dark place is a temptation to turn from Jesus. Can I read to you from 1 Corinthians 10, 13? No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Do you know that? Do you know that God puts you in places where you might be tested, but He never puts you there and abandons you there? God sends you only to those places where He's provided a way of escape. You don't have to sit alone in despair and fear. God has provided a way out. Are you tempted today to despair? Are you tempted to respond with fear and panic? God's provided you a way of escape. It's okay if there wasn't any toilet paper at the store today. They'll have some tomorrow. And if you run out, listen, call us at the church. We have a supply. We'll take care of you. Of course, those are the small fears, aren't they? They're the larger fears that surround. But God's provided you a way of escape. Can I give you some practical advice this morning for how it is that you might escape from the fear and the panic? One way of escape is to turn the TV and social media off. Don't turn it off just yet. Give us about 10 more minutes. Well, one way of escape is to turn that off. Now, I've been trying to practice that myself just this week. I don't watch a lot of news on TV, but Angela and I turned the news on uh, one evening this week. And y'all, I'll be honest with you, after about an hour of the news, my nerves were so tight, I literally had to walk away from it. Turn it off and go find something else to do. It affected me so bad. Maybe I'm just soft. Maybe I'm weak. That's okay. A lot of you are too. Turn it off. For the record, it's not just me that's saying that. I read a news article just this morning that said the best way to deal with your fear is to turn off the news and social media. Just get away from it. Limit your, um, limit your exposure to the coronavirus, but also limit your exposure to news about it. Consider setting some parameters. Around the amount of news and social media exposure you'll allow yourself. Maybe you say, I'm going to look at the news you know, for one hour a day. I'm going to do it from 3 to 4 o'clock or 5 to 6 or whatever time. Those of you that are stuck at home with your children, trust me, you might just want to lock yourself in your room and look at it for like an hour. Maybe, maybe the news will be more encouraging than whatever else is happening at your house. That was supposed to be a joke, but I don't know for sure if y'all laughed because y'all aren't here. So just laugh at home. That would be wonderful. Another way of escape is to run to God's Word. Find the way out. What hope is there to be found there? In a God who promises to love us and never leave us and never forsake us. How much hope is there? You can read a good book. You can participate in an online Bible study. You can pray. You can journal. You can work to memorize Scripture. Listen, most of you still live in places where you can be socially isolated in your backyard. You can get outside and go for a walk. Another way out may be to call the members of your life group and to check in on them. They need you, right? Everybody's going to be lonely in just a few days. Use that phone for something other than Amazon shopping. 
Make a phone call. Send a text. Tell somebody you love them. Pray with them over the phone. They'll enjoy that. You might want to call and check in on your aging parents. You might want to call your deacons. You might want to call your pastor. Pastors, for those of you, there's going to be a few pastors that tune in today. Guys, listen to me. Use this time for some of the things I'm going to do. Work through your directory. Start making calls tomorrow and check on your people. You couldn't see them today. Make sure they know you didn't forget them. Make sure that they know that you love them even when they're out of sight. Not, uh, they're, 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 when they're out of sight, they're not out of mind. Make sure that they know that. Spend time on your knees. Know this, though. Regardless of what you do, God's provided you a way of escape from the dark. God has provided you a way of escape so that you do not have to be overcome by it. Christians walk in the light because they have the light. You can walk in the light because Jesus is the light of the world and he has given you his light. The darkness has been driven out and as a follower of Jesus, you are called to live into the light. Remember also that God is not surprised by these events. Folks, God is not sitting in heaven wringing his hands going, I didn't see this coming. Jesus actually warned us that there will be wars and rumors of wars. As we long for the return of Christ, we recognize full well that famine, fear, pestilence, and disease are signs of the slow decay of our world. God is still on his throne. He is still in control. And the gates of hell will not prevail against his church or his children. What hope do you have in these days of darkness? How can you find the way out? Run to the cross of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. You need also to run to the empty tomb. The cross experienced the darkness, but Sunday morning brought the light and the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number three this morning, fall on your face. If you fall, fall forward. We talk about that for football players a whole lot. We want them to fall forward. It's okay to get tackled. It's okay to trip and fall, but fall forward. If you just fall forward, you pick up a couple extra yards. Listen, in the Christian life, I don't care if you pick up any yards. I want you to fall forward because I want you to be facing Jesus when you look up. I want you to fall forward because when you get your eyes just above the horizon, I want you to see the toes of a carpenter from Galilee who gave his life on Calvary's cross for you and for me. Reality check for all the good preaching, Bible study, prayer, and heartfelt effort in all the world. You will fail. I will fail. There will come days when we will find ourselves in a dark place, and rather than run to Jesus, you'll run away. You'll run to self-reliance or past comfortable sins or new opportunities that satisfy the moment. The young man in Mark started out well. Everybody else was gone, and this man's right behind Jesus. He ran after Jesus, but in the blink of an eye, he was just like the others. He was gone, naked and alone in the dark. But how will you fall? How will you fall? When you look like this young man, will you fall down away from Jesus, or will you fall forward on your face before Jesus? Failure is not enjoyable, but it comes to us all. I want to remind you, though, that when you fail, just as this young man failed, don't believe for one minute that Jesus has failed. He's not finished. Remember that even in the midst of this challenge that we face, Jesus is still on his throne. He's still the king of glory. 
and he will have his way. Do not equate your failure with Christ's rejection. Even the disciples' faith failed. I loved this that I read from from R.C. Ryle this week, J.C. Ryle this week, that Jesus' most faithful followers found themselves in a place of failure. Believer, are you struggling today? Believer, is it hard today? Have you failed today? Did you fail yesterday? Did you fail this week? We don't want to paste over your failures, but I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that God still loves you, and I want you to know that Jesus' most faithful followers deserted him at his greatest time of need. Folks, as much as we'd like to believe it, we're just not unique in these things. We are all human. We are all frail. But your failure is not Christ's rejection. In conclusion this morning, I want you to know that we've all been there. Ashamed, broken, sinful. We've been, Mark, running from hope, broken and scared. But naked and alone in the dark doesn't have to be your future. Mark ran from Jesus, but you ready? Jesus wasn't finished with Mark. Jesus wasn't done with this young man. Are you running from Jesus today? He's not done with you. He's not finished. Have you failed Jesus in the past? He hasn't rejected you. Believer, do you still carry the weight of past sin? You ready for this? Jesus doesn't count your sin against you. God loves you. And according to 1 John 1, 9, all, according to 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Believer, have you gone to Jesus? Have you confessed your sin? Here's the great promise you have from God's Word. He has forgiven you. He's cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. He's forgiven you. He's forgotten your failure. And He's ready to restore you today. As I said in the beginning this morning, The theme of darkness and light runs throughout the Bible. Darkness represents loneliness, isolation, sin, and destruction. Light represents the movement of God. The Bible begins with darkness. In the darkness, Jesus was arrested during his crucifixion. Darkness covered the earth. But I want you to consider how Jesus dealt with the darkness. Just listen this morning. He hovered over the darkness and spoke light into existence. He rose with the sunrise. Even when he met his disciples and restored them to service in John 21, Jesus built a fire. There was light. The world seems dark today. The world seems dark. It seems darker than it did last Sunday. It seems darker than it even did on Friday. Can I tell you, there's a unique thing going on in our world today. For the first time, maybe in all of history, the entire globe is unified, fighting against one common enemy. One enemy that it can't see. One enemy that so far it can't control. But in this moment, my prayer is that in the darkness, the light of the gospel might shine. That the world might find hope in the God who has overcome. Do you need the light of Jesus? You aren't in a church building today, but I want you to know that right there in your den or at your kitchen table or wherever you are, Jesus is ready to bring light into your darkness. Have you failed? Jesus is ready to restore you. 
Will you pray and ask Jesus to change your life today? Would you? These are dark days. These are dark days. But there is no greater opportunity, perhaps in my entire life's history, for the church of Jesus Christ to bear witness to the hope of the gospel. These are dark days filled with fear, but in days of fear, Christians respond with faith. It has been the pattern of the church for its entire 2,000-year history to run to the hard places. Christians are on the front lines. We run to the fight. Why? Because there is one who has fought for us, who has redeemed us, who has saved us. We've been called to minister to the alien, the orphan, the widow, the sick, the hurting. And we know one. We know one who's overcome death, hell, sin, and the grave. We know one who has called the dead to life. We know one who has healed the blind and the deaf and the mute. We know him. And we know him well because he has brought us from our own darkness into his glorious light. And so Christians today, I urge you, as this virus spreads, I urge you that as we seek to impede the spread of COVID-19, I urge you, that you not allow this to impede the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us respond with hope. And when the world asks us how we could be so hopeful in these hard days, let us remind them that we can be hopeful because we know one who has overcome. We know how it ends. We've been warned. Jesus told us there would be days like these. And yet even in these days, we continue to trust if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no reason that you need to finish your day today without having known Jesus Christ. Today can be the day of your salvation. And it doesn't matter where you are. If you're sitting on your couch in your pajamas, today can be the day that you call on the name of the Lord Jesus and be saved. If you're gathered somewhere else, today can be the day. I don't have to pray for you. We won't have an altar call here this morning. There's no way for you to respond and come forward in a church service and that's just fine because right where you are is the perfect place for God to save you. Are you scared and alone today? That doesn't have to be your future. God's got a different plan for you. He's written a different story. It's a story of hope and salvation in His Son, Jesus Christ. We've all been there. We've all run from Jesus when it was hard. But today, instead of running from hope, run to Christ Find salvation, find safety, find security, find faith, and find joy. If I can pray for you, or if we at Malvern Hill can minister to you in any way, please go to our website, www.malvernhill.org, and there you can find resources, you can find email addresses and phone numbers. Please let us know. We want to care for you. If you're watching this and you don't know us well at all, but maybe you have a friend from Malvern Hill and you'd like to know what it looks like to become a follower of Jesus Christ, let me urge you to reach out to them right now. Send them a text, a phone call, a Facebook message. I know my people. I know the people of Malvern Hill. And here's what I know, that in these days of darkness, nothing would give them greater joy than to lead you to Jesus Christ. What an incredible opportunity. Just this week, we've had a young man come to Jesus. 
Come to Jesus because somebody was willing to spend time, and there are people at Malvern Hill who are ready to do that. However we can minister to you, we want to. For our folks, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Please, please, please let us know how we can care for you, minister to you. Your deacons stand ready to care for you. Your life group leaders are ready. Your pastors are ready. And more than anything else, let me tell you this. Jesus stands ready to hear from you, and he loves you. Please don't forget. Don't neglect. Don't run from Jesus in these hard days. Trust me, you don't know enough, and you're not strong enough. But he said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for loving us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the hope that is to be found in his gospel. And Father, as we've prayed already, I pray again that, Lord God, in your mercy, that you would stop the spread of this terrible virus. Father God, I pray that in your grace and love that you would replace the fear of our world with faith in Jesus. Father God, I pray that you would help us to lean upon you to find hope and healing. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. Please have a good day.